Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello, and here we are at episode number 107 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Everything's dandy here at the Ministry of Arts. Firstly, as ever, a big shout to our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to support the podcast for as little as £3 a month, you can follow the Patreon link in our Instagram bio. If not, that's fine. The content's here for everyone. This week I've spent a couple of days at Fulham Town Hall. I've been building an installation that's part of an exhibition created by Art Below. The entire exhibition covers something like 51,000 square feet and it should be open around the start of May. But I'll give you the precise details nearer the time. And it's an exhibition. Like a real exhibition. Like Art on Walls exhibition. I've almost forgotten what it feels like to be in a show that isn't on screen but there will most definitely be a podcast episode about this exhibition near at a time. But anyway, back to this week's episode, episode number 107. You know when you see artwork by an artist that you didn't previously know, and for whatever reason it just ticks every single box? The work of today's artist done exactly that the first time I saw it. And even though we've known each other for several years, spoken loads on social media admire each other's work and even been in exhibitions together, we've still not actually met face to face. And even though I finally got to do a podcast episode with her, because of social distancing, we had to do it over Zoom. But that was still an excellent second best. It is, of course, Kate Murdoch. Kate uses found objects in her work, be it brassware, toys or small trinkets, all of which trigger a sort of emotive flood of nostalgic warmth as she leads you through the narrative of her work, which is pretty much a culmination of a lifelong passion for collecting. If I could give you a more accurate synopsis of Kate's work in her own words. 
Kate says her work is inspired by her personal experience. Her artistic practice revolves around the assemblage and installation of found objects, mostly from the everyday and dating from the last century. She is interested in objects as the clear indicators of passage of time. Wider themes of loss and remembrance run through her work, reflecting a fascination with permanence of objects versus the fragility of human existence. The theme of value and worth is central to Kate's work, and the objects presented open up opportunities of personal and political discussions around class, gender and privilege. It doesn't get much better than that, right? So come and earwig to uh, the conversation I had with Kate Murdoch. And if you enjoyed it half as much as I did, you would have had a great time. How have you been coping in lockdown? Um, the first two, I felt I coped very well um, and just got on with stuff and had a few ideas for art to sort of put stuff out there. But increasingly, it, I don't find this time so easy. Um, I'm missing, well, the studio is locked down and my, my stuff is all in there. So I've decided, I bought some stuff home allegedly to work with, but I haven't, I haven't been making any work for about, yeah. oh, quite a long time. I finished this hope piece I did. Um, and yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of things. I'm reading quite a lot, yeah. but, um, you know, in terms of yeah, I'm just getting a bit, I'm getting a bit restless now. Yeah. And my life hasn't changed that much. I have to say I wasn't one for going out and all the rest of it. But I feel for my sons. They're, I've got 22-year-old 20, twins. One's in Aberdeen, didn't come home for Christmas. Um, he's fine. He is fine. Yeah. Uh, Robin came back from Liverpool University and, you know, all his plans, travelling, all the rest of it, they're all on hold. So they're the ones I feel sorry for because they're yeah. the ones whose life's really affected but for me personally I think well my life hasn't changed that much but yeah. I I suppose I don't know I mean I've, I've sort of reached quite a strange point anyway because you know I've, I feel quite isolated that's the truth of it yeah. in, my, in my art work anyway I have done for quite some time and I think that lockdown sort of probably you know sort of you know really made that feel much greater yeah and I, I was reading somewhere, I can't remember whether somebody put a comment on Twitter or written an article about it, but it's about how your colleagues aren't your friends. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Because, you know, when you go to some of these openings, I don't go to many, but if you do, and you see, hi, you know, it's all very sort of hyped up, really. Yeah, yeah. And then I was quite ill too. I was in the hospital two years ago. And it's changed the way I am anyway, the way I had to pace myself and all of that. Yeah. I'm better now, but it's still sort of like, oh, okay. Um, and yeah, I think that was quite a moment for me because it was like, oh, okay. So these people who I thought my best friends <laughs> are nowhere to be seen. Some of them, some of them have been. Uh, but yeah. you, you, I think it's like anything. People say with bereavement, people keep their distance if you're ill, people keep their distance. Yeah. So it's just, you know, every book on bereavement or grief tells you that, but yeah. they don't seem to, you know, I mean, I, I've heard people say, you know, after my husband died, people crossed the street rather than talk to me. They didn't know what to say. Yeah. Surely people know what to say, you know, just yeah. sorry or something, you know, rather than, you know, imagine just crossing the street because you're so befuddled. I mean, but that, 
that's the way well, I can't imagine some of these eaten educated government advisors or no no they do though I mean don't stop me on that how's your art practice been see some of you said that you haven't done much that's that's been um it's been quite it's been quite sporadic I've had moments of thinking oh you know this is what I'm gonna do this is what you know but it's also I mean it this whole lockdown thing has brought back a lot of feelings about my dad. My, my dad died some years ago, but yeah. I felt very close to him and I miss him a lot. And he was someone who's very interested in the world. And he died before um, 9-11, like in the May before that. And I remember thinking, God, he would have been so, he would have had so much to say about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, very good old socialist, ex-minor, you know, nice. really a good person, Scottish person, really lovely. And that's brought back a lot of things about him. And of course, the pandemic's like, what would he have made of this? What would he have made of yeah. this? You know? And what I've noticed is that I've, I'm, I'm gravitated to do work about him, which I haven't really. I've written quite a lot about him on my blog and things, but I haven't ever really done any work about that. Yeah. Um, so, but it makes me feel very sad still. So, yeah. I'm, so I'm sort of... I think that's probably what's happening. I'm sort of like, well, I'm not making it, I'm not, you know, but I think I'm processing quite a lot yeah. in the build up to maybe doing doing that. Um, it's, it's funny how it's taken you 10 years to sort of get to that stage, isn't it? I mean, you've obviously yeah. had thoughts about that in the past, but for, for it to naturally come into your mind or into your way of thinking, it's, it's, yeah. it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I you know, I've always been very moved by your work and the shirt the, the heavy lead shirt and oh, I thank know, you. How, how long did that take you to get around to doing that um that fascinates well, me the initial much. one um i had the idea for that several years before while i was in yeah. prison and it wasn't right. until i was I in university wow. to be able yeah. to make it but yeah. um yeah that was made of it was uh bronze i've remade it out of um onyx resin Right, okay. Yeah, because it was so, because it was bronze and it was in an edition of seven. Their yeah. bronze is just so expensive. Even if yeah. I'd just done it as cheap as I could, it was still oh. an extremely expensive yeah. um, sculpture, you know. So I remade them out of onyx to make them more wow. more affordable, you know. Did you make them much deeper? I no, I, no. The, the initial one was about 11 inches high. Okay, right, whereas right. the second one was about four inches high. Okay. And I gave it to a friend to see what, you know, to see what he thought. And he put it up on the wall. And then all of a sudden it had a whole different language, you know, because yeah. before it was a standalone sculpture. Then I come to a, a certain size that I was comfortable with and made yeah. an addition of those. I think I saw one image that made it look really deep. And that really sort of touched me because it was like about the weight of it all. It was like, oh, you know, and that's what really, really struck me. And I just, yeah, I wondered how long it taken me to get to that. That point it does take a long time you well, know? what you're saying about the depth of that one looking heavy that was the initial thought i wanted it to make it look like it was a slice of it was molded yeah. from a slice of rock yeah, you know yeah. as if it had been yeah. pulled out of the ground yeah that's what it did yeah yeah it did for me anyway sort of yeah i mean yeah. your work is about nostalgia and memories and i ask all the artists seven questions right and the first one is how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work Oh, <laughs> that's a good question for me because I'm not, I'm not, I've never had a sort of like a ready-made answer for that. No. 
um, it is, I mean, it is largely autobiographical. It's about things that, I. it's from my collections. I've been a collector all my life. I've always collected even when I was a young child. And um, I have all this stuff. Um, does, does Pete refer to it as your collection? Uh, is it is it a collection to you yet yeah, yeah, uh, boxes of stuff to him it, it, do, do you know what I think it's been interesting because I had to move out of a friend's garage very quickly <laughs> and I sold a load of vintage clothing and I bought all these plastic boxes with lids and yeah. I thought right this is it this is this is the time to do it so I've been and I think Pete is more involved and possibly even more attached to some of the things than nice, I am. Nice, nice. That's yeah, good to and, hear. And, and he actually designed a shed for the garden. I mean, it's massive. It makes our shed look horrible. <laughs> our garden look horrible. So <laughs> it, it's very, it's a, it was a very male approach. It's I functional, it. yeah. Yeah, very functional. Looks quite ugly, and I sort of like, oh, you know, I'll try and fix myself when I go in the garden. Um, and we, we're in the process of we're going to have to put a house on the market quite soon because Pete's, you know, everything, all yeah. the entertainment business has just gone. You know. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a lot of life changes coming up for us and things. So, you know, this shed is like, well, you know, it only took a day to probably, I'll take a day to take down. <laughs> It's like, you know, honestly, you know, I mean, it might, you know, and something's gone, whoa, you know. Yeah. But funny enough, an artist in Oxford um, is looking to move to this area and she's been asking me questions about this house and I've been saying, well, you know. Um, and and she's got this shed and she's going, oh, so I showed a picture. <laughs> she's going, oh, you know, because she collects things, she yeah, makes yeah. stuff and yeah. Yeah, so what I do, I suppose, is, is I... I make small little assemblage pieces from the stuff I've got. And it's usually around other people, my memory of other people. Um, and I'm very interested about the whole value of stuff because, yeah. you know, the person whose garage I had to move the stuff out from, out of, she'd met a new, a new man in her life and he was like, you know, he didn't understand anything about this. <laughs> all that. When's Kate coming to take all that rubbish? And my yeah, my, my yeah. myself was bristling a bit like rubbish. The holder. <laughs> Can I show you the work that was in a gallery? You know, it's yeah. like I started getting really sort of a bit edgy about that. But um, yeah. So so I mean, it, I find it very hard. I, I keep calling it my collection because yeah. stuff just sounds all, you know, stuff. You know, but it is, it is essentially stuff. Um. What I've done over the first lockdown, that's why I think I've felt a lot better emotionally because I was occupied. Yeah. What's happened now, I've got to a bit of the point of like, because we will put the house in the market, but there's no point me decluttering the house or the shed because I've got nowhere to put the stuff. So it's just yeah. a question of like moving boxes in a continuous circle. So, you know, it's just no point. So, so I, I've been a bit stuck myself, so that's the truth of it. But in the first lockdown, I went through every single box and I've la labelled it and it's just, it's so organised. I've probably got best part of 100 projects to get through. So I've got Excellent. to live quite a long time. And Excellent. My, my grandma lived to her, she was 102 and my mum's 90. So the genes are quite good in the female side. <laughs> <of that. laughs> I reckon, oh, like 60, yeah, 40 years, you know, I could do this. So, so I'm now quite keen to move house and set up somewhere else and yeah. 
maybe keep on the studio I've got, but maybe not. I don't know. So there's lots of changes. And I feel a bit frustrated I can't get on with things. Yeah. But it's patience. I mean, we just gotta we've gotta get through this and it's it's challenging. And I'm not half as challenged as a lot of people. I'm not in a high rise flat with kids yeah. on and running around, which you know. But either way, it does show that when your future is in question, mm. it affects your present quite a lot, you know? Yeah, yeah, it does. Which is which is a state of the world at the moment. Yeah. It is. Everybody's in limbo, everybody, you know, yeah. The first, I, I think, the first one of yours that I saw was 10 by 10 or 10 oh, yeah. times 10. I yeah, don't know yeah. how you would, uh, yeah. how the, the title was pronounced. And how is the title pronounced? 10, 10 by 10, I call it. Yeah, good, 10 by good. 10. Yeah. Could you tell us how that one came about? Well, 10 by 10, yeah. yeah. When I'd moved into the studio and... Um, I knew I had to get rid of site, you know, I couldn't keep everything. So some of it had to go. And I noticed when I, mean, I, I moved into the studio with a performance poet, I had no art. I wasn't even going to be an artist. I was going there actually to sort out my vintage clothing. Yeah. And as I was in an artist studio, people used to come in and say, oh my God, that's amazing. I don't know the way you put those together. And I'm like, okay, right. You know, so people assume because I was in there, I was an artist. And yeah. I, as far as I was concerned, I mean, it's taken me a long time to say, yes, I'm an artist. It's taken me a long time to say, you know, oh yeah, this is a piece of work and things. You know, it has. I mean, that is the truth. Um, so I noticed that people were very drawn to a lot of the things. And, and I thought, and people thought, oh, this is for sale. Yeah. It's a shop. It's a shop. And I'm like, well, no, I, you know. And I was quite confused myself. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a very straight answer. Like, uh, no, it's not a shop. I used to quite to bristle a bit about shop. Shop, you know, I'm an artist, you know. <laughs> so, so then um, Julia Alvarez, who used to be part of Deptford X in, in, in Deptford, uh, there was a call in, I think 2008 it was, for um, about trade in Deptford, you know, all this sort of um, trade and barter and exchange and things so I thought oh, I could maybe respond to that because I that is where most of my artwork comes from is people put up an idea like oh I can respond to yeah, that yeah yeah I have this loads of boxes probably anything virtually anything so we said the theme around this I've probably got a collection associated with in some way you know yeah. like Harry Pye who who's asked me to do a couple of shows has said you know I'm doing a show about love oh yeah you know I can I can respond to a lot, yeah, of, a lot yeah. of those things really so what happened with that was it was um my my nana was 100 that year um Pete and mine sons were 10 twin sons were 10 and so I decided to, to have this box built, this big thing built by Adrian, who runs the Art Hub studio. Um, and to really invest in that, I hadn't put any money into anything at that point, yeah. apart from this share of a studio. Um, so he built this amazing box. And actually I was on holiday and he made it. And I came back and I went through stuff and I thought, well, it has to, in a way, this has to be stuff that, I might feel a little bit of a pang about letting go of because yeah. I could, if I just feel it was stuff, it wouldn't mean anything. So it wasn't all like that. I have to admit, I could otherwise <laughs> break down a bunch of special things. But but some of it, it all meant something, whether or not it was emotional or you know just like gift or a bit from the past. I mean, I've left a big chunk of my past and 
retrospectively actually it, what's what's interesting about that work it, it just keeps going yeah day. I got an email from somebody out of the blue about two years ago who was the partner of an ex-partner of mine who'd come across my blog somehow yeah said is that about him it's like whoa <laughs> <laughs> where's this come from you know <clears throat> so there's been lots there's been loads of stories about yeah. it um and it was inspired by this um thing called a pack rat which is a little mammal in North America which I never actually saw but I saw what this animal did because I had friends who lived on the edge of a lake and um they had this basement where they kept their boat and one I I, I don't like rats at all I'm quite sort of paranoid about them and this friend Dave said oh the pack rat's been and I thought oh, fucking rat. <laughs> it's a really cute rat it leaves things behind and I said what do you mean he said well that's that's why they're called pack rats they they if they take something they always leave something in place so look this has left this set of acorns yesterday there was that there you know I can't remember what it was but so it really intrigued me that's you know, cool, yeah, somebody, this animal that takes something but thinks, oh, I better leave something in its place, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, so then the whole thing of, you know, when I was in at the studio for the first time, people were selling paintings. Well, how much you put on it? How many? I was like, God, I have no idea. I have no idea, you know, how much you... And then you'd learn that somebody along the corridors, you know, sold their painting for 2,000 quid. It's like, wow, you know... So the whole thing of value and worth, value and worth always, yeah. always interested me because I come from a working class background. I used to work with young offenders in a in a sort of, of the old community schools and things. You know, I worked with lots of very poor families. And the thing they valued was like really like, you know, it just always intrigued me. Yeah. So one man had a collection of feathers around his entire living room and the kids weren't allowed to touch and they really pressured to this father and yeah so so that was what it was about it was about what if you wanted something you weren't just putting your hand in your pocket to give me some money you were leaving me something behind yeah what was it worth what is that thing up there (coughs) worth to you and some people took it I mean I remember in I did it in Hastings and this couple came in and it was always amazing who turned up, you know, it wasn't, it's like, especially in places outside of the studio, it's much more fun. Yeah. This couple came and she's like, have you got it, have you got it? You know, he's like digging his bag. And they took this torch and put another one in its place. And I was like, I try not to intrude on people, but I'm really intrigued as well. And I leave yeah. a book right if they want. And I said, but this couple just, they seem to want to talk. And I said, oh, Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, well, I mean, we saw it on in the paper because it'd been in the Hastings Times, Hastings Observer, and uh, they said we saw that and thought, well, you know, we don't need this big old thing now. We need a little one. So we just thought we'd swap it. (laughs) (laughs) Super. Yeah, and then another woman came in. It's a big sort of, you know, very emotional moment, which told me about this hairbrush that belonged to her grandfather and how she felt so guilty and all these stories about her grandfather and so yeah there's real extremes of how people sort of interact with yeah. it which it's all about value and worth as well how people value art and how they like at Lewisham College I did it and this sort of like you know boy what is this you know <laughs> and I said oh it's just, I explained to him he went what so I can take anything and leave anything and I said yeah 
you know, and he said, I'll leave your stag end then. I said, if you want to. And, and all the others, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that to the lady. That's out of order. And they really got onto him. And then in the end, he sort of left 50p. He went, nice. oh, I thought it was for my mum's Mother's Day. And I said, oh, that's nice then, you know. So it's just, it's very, you know, and what inspired it is this thing about how people, what they value. You know, when you see house clearances, you think, oh, you know, like, you know, market yeah. classic, you see these boxes, it's like, oh, it's just such personal stuff that people yeah. just boxed it up. And, you know, I just, I can't, it just makes me feel really sad when I see that. But And how do you feel buying them sort of objects? Um, do you take a bit of the preciousness with it if you buy it? I probably give it the preciousness, I suppose, yeah. Because I think one there, when, I mean, you see all sort, you know, like, oh God, you know, Come on, market traders, clear them out. It's like yeah. everything, you know. I always take gloves when I go there, but um, yeah. I mean, I suppose I, 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 I'm, I'm drawn to things that remind me of, of my past. Yeah. But I'm not buying anything now because I am. I mean, occasionally I go and if I see something, I can't resist, like a, the colour of a piece of ribbon. I think, oh, that will go so nice with that. I yeah. will. But um, yeah, and of course the pandemic's put set to all those sort of pleasure of going out and looking for stuff now anyway isn't it it's funny how the memories of one person can evoke memories from another because that's that's what i saw when i saw your work other than the 10 by 10 when i started looking at your other work yeah there's other bits and pieces that i saw from yours that would remind me you know i could smell where i was yeah. the, the occasion sitting in front of my nan's fire and she's got like little brass things on the mantelpiece yeah. Yeah. I could feel the heat from when I was a child on my yeah. legs from the yeah. fire and the Amazing. smell of the coal, you know, yeah. just by seeing yeah. you had some like little Dutch um, brass, I think they were Dutch brass bells, uh, what ladies in a cage. Yes, that is what I do. I take old things and I, and I sort of, I, I think the technical terms repurpose them, <laughs> repurpose them into, into something else, you know, and then, um, yeah. And, and interesting, that was at a show quite recently and most people talked about the restraint of those those women that had to wear their bonnets because they yeah. look, you know, and their tight bodice and all the rest of it. And one woman said, "Oh, I don't see. I I see them totally as being this really nice group, and they're really friendly and really happy together." So it's, yeah. that was really interesting because nobody's ever given me that interpretation yeah. before. She saw it completely differently. And in a bird cage as well. Yeah, in the bird cage. Yeah, and and she wasn't because that. That work's been around for a long time, but it was out again recently in the world, and yeah. and that then that, that was her opinion of it, which really surprised me. But it's nice to know that it gets different. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, well, obviously, a... with my sorry, obviously with my background, when I see anything in a cage, you know, it's got it's got oh, a complete separate oh, meaning God. to me, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Sorry for butting in. No, 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 no. I'm just thinking um, of another piece of work that I've had I had in the studio one time. It's called Fabric of Life, and I've been working on it forever. And I don't know if I'll ever, well, the truth is the embroidery rings that make up, make it up are expensive. So I have to sort of like justify when I can afford some more embroidery rings. Then I'd like to do 102 to mark the age of my Nana when she died. It's basically bits of fabric from her home because when she died, it's like, right, Kate, you know, what, you know, what, you know, and there were just all these dresses and all these things. And, and she was a real hoarder. and and quite stubborn so I've got a tea towel with a hole in it that my dad had bought or my mum dad bought back from Scotland she never wants to get rid of it 
So I cut a little, you know, bit out of that. So what I've got is these little snippets of her life. And one time I had it up in the studio and it, we had open studios and this man in probably in his fifties came in and I just saw, cause it, I often say, because I don't hear completely all of the time and yeah. my hearing fluctuates, I really notice people's expressions a lot, you know? So I, and I just saw this sort of like, look come over this man's face, like, wow, something really affected him, you know? And then he just stood there for ages and like people were walking around him like, you know, and he was completely like, you know, and anyway, he went away. I thought he doesn't, whatever he's seen that's really affects him. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to sort of impose on him. And it went and he came back and he said, God, I'm sorry. I just couldn't get over that piece of fabric. And he'd been a Bernardo's boy and um, the sheet that he'd seen in one of these embroidery rings, was a sheet that he remembered you know and it was it was yellow and it was floral and there was a whole I think it must have been the 1970s there was a whole load of these mass-produced sort of like polyester sheets and they were yellow pink mint green and blue I don't know if you remember the bedspread they had with a white fringe around yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and and I worked in children's home for quite a long time so I remember them but he, and they must have been, the government had bought them because they were cheap, probably. Yeah. They were very serviceable because they were drip dry. And that, and he said, God, it's just bought. He said, I, I, he said, I couldn't, when I saw it, he said, I, it just, it, I just froze. And I said, yes, I know. I, I saw you. Yeah. I said, I, I actually, I saw you. I didn't want to say, I'm really glad you've come back. And he said, God, you know, he said, they weren't, they're not good memories. I said, no, I can imagine probably a lot yeah. more. You know, but it and that and that they're the bits that make me think. Some people go, "What's this a shop?" and and are really rude about my work. I mean, I do get a lot of like, "What's this then?" You know, I mean, one of my aunts left a, a next week. She said, oh, <laughs> "Come on, Dennis, I'm going to go home and get a few of your mum's uh, dishes and a bit of cheese, put them on a shelf. I can do this." <laughs> And that's what she's like, you know, that's that yeah. her over. And it was fine. But the curator I didn't know was behind me. And and so when I went, I went off to see them off in the car, you know, it's all like a slam by. But I know the nature of the beat. It doesn't yeah. sometimes it upsets me, but you know, I'm so used to it now. Like, what's well, this? You know, especially, you know, painters, they're like, what are you doing? You know. Yeah. And I'm not, I haven't been to art college and um I, I mean, I was like that before. I just saw traditional painting, traditional sculpture. I could, you know, Dali was about as far, yeah, yeah, yeah. far off centre as yeah. I could go, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but other than that, anything that was concept or anything that I could do wasn't art, you know, because no, I wasn't no. an artist. And if I can do it, exactly. then, you know, exactly. that old cliche. Exactly. But yeah, when this curator followed me out and said, God, Kate, you okay? And I said, yeah, why? And she said, I just heard that woman. I said, oh, don't worry about it, it's just my art. Was there any art in your family growing up? No, no. You know, the constable on the wall, not the original, the, you know, the Hay, Hay Wayne on the wall. Yeah, you know. yeah. No, no. But a real appreciation for, for things and the real 
care and tenderness, you know, towards things. So those brass bells were on my aunt's mantelpiece and they were very much, you know, a feature of the mantelpiece and yeah. they busted and they went back to the same place and it was assumed they would be there forever. And they were, they, they lasted through my granny's time and my granta's time. And then my aunt Isabel stayed in the same house. It's a house in the coal board. And, you know, it's a real respect of, you know, for things and that's what I inherited that you looked yeah. after things and you know you 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 cherish them you know yeah. and that in that respect and I think my nana and my mum's use of colour has always been quite amazing you know yeah. it's always been a bit off the wall mum remembers the time when she decorated mine and my sister's bedroom and the doctor coming because I had another ear infection and go oh how ghastly a mum thinking you could sod off you know, yeah, yeah. but yeah so, so mum was always quite adventurous with colour and and you know the neighbours a bit like you know what's wrong with magnolia but she was, <laughs> she loved her colours yeah. so so in that respect I wouldn't say it was um it was you know it was devoid of any art yeah. but going to an art gallery was like no, that's not what you did. Yeah, yeah. You know, working class child in the 60s, no, we didn't go to art galleries. And art was sort of half an hour at primary school, I think. Yeah. And at secondary school, I met a very inspiring... Um, we had two teachers, one, one did the art and one did the pottery, and they were both amazing. And they really inspired yeah. me, you know. But I didn't go in, down that path at all. I went into the caring profession and, and you know, I wish I had, but but... You know, I think people say my home is beautifully curated. I don't really yeah. see that, but I, I sort of think, yeah, it probably is. I, it probably is, and I haven't actually thought about it that way. I just do what I do with, oh, it's got the Kate Murdoch touch, and <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what that is really. Yeah. But you know, well, well, maybe it's not the house that's got the Kate Murdoch touch; it's the art that's got the Kate Murdoch. Maybe, maybe, you know, yeah. Your, yeah. Your art is just an extension of what you'd have in your home anyway. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, the, it is very much. The objects that you have, a lot of them, as you were saying, belong to um, family members that have passed. How are you, when it comes to selling them, can you just see them as an object or is there still an emotional connection to them? Yeah, well, that's an interesting point because... Um, I know when I did a, a, a piece of work for um, a show called, oh, I can't remember, This Me of Mine. I was in it as well. You were, you yeah, were. Yeah, as soon as you walk in, my shirt was, was in the, as soon as you walked in. Is it the Ipswich one? Yeah. Yeah, see, I didn't ever manage to get to Ipswich. I wasn't well enough, so I didn't see that. That's a yeah, real yours were upstairs, weren't they? Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Jane introduced people at the, at the end of it. That's it when it, it got bigger and bigger yeah, yeah. and I I was ill at that point and I didn't really engage with that part that's a real shame because I've actually I have to admit I've forgotten that that's that's really sad and I I don't normally forget things like that but that was the start of me getting quite ill and I think I wasn't sort of you know I didn't even get to Ipswich which yeah. is so unlike me I, I'm very good at sort of well I make sure that I go in see the shows I'm in if, you know if I possibly yeah. can even going as far as sort of like Bradford and places Scotland and stuff like that and I didn't make that yeah now I remember having a conversation with Jane about about your your work I just, liked Jane uh, she was lovely yeah she's lovely yeah no she's a lovely person to work with yeah really nice so yes in that I I 
it was called it's the little things and it was a, it was very much about nana's things even down to the little bits of soap left over yeah and jane very much wanted to have prices put on it and then the whole thing came right well, what is worth you know and i i put a ridiculous price on that because i didn't want to sell it yeah you know so i thought if somebody you know what's what's it was the way, you know, somebody gave me a ridiculous price for it, then, okay, I can live with it, but it will pay for my studio for the next sort of year or whatever. But apart from that, no, I, I, it, it's very hard. And some things I just say that it's not for sale. For, yeah. You know. I mean, a lot of your work has got an emotional connection. Which piece do you think has got the strongest emotional connection? I think for me, I think it's a piece called Wrench, which none of it is none of it actually belonged to anybody I know. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and it's, but it was, it was at a time when um, my sons were leaving home. And I do think, you know, when you have twins, it's, it, it, you do experience things that are sort of like double whammy. It's yeah. like, you know, it's not just one and then, you know. Um, I found the, the hinge I found on the top of um, Colton Hill in Edinburgh on New Year's Day, the big fire on New Year's Eve. And I was fishing around in the ashes looking for bits of metal. And my father was like, God, <laughs> it's embarrassing, you know. And I brought that back. I thought, that make a nice shell. So it's quite a big piece yeah. of metal. Yeah, make a nice shell. The, the the little um, truck is um, just from, it wasn't, I think it's probably my nephew some years ago, a little yeah. sort of like train track thing. And then the monkey I remember buying from a guy on Greenwich Market and it got a crack in its neck and he let me have it for 50p. And then I found a postcard of this, you know, monkey, female, I think it's female mother monkey with a little one. And then I put the other, the real, I put the ceramic monkey in a in a in the truck like it was going off, and that was the point. It's about my separation from my son, their separation from each other, um, and it was called wrench because it looked very like a tool. Sort yeah, yeah. Of stuff out of the toolbox. That for me, yeah, and and it was a transition gallery, and it was the easiest piece of work I've ever made. Um, because I went in and I screwed in this shelf because it was it's like a hinge. So yeah. I, one part of the hinge, screw that, put the other over, put the thing on it and went, you know, and it sold. It sold really, it sold on the private view, which doesn't happen to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, wow, you know, and it's probably the most powerful piece of work for me that I've ever made and probably the piece of work that I would mind selling more than any other in a way, but it, but it's sold and it's gone and I've got photographs of it. So yeah, in answer to your question, that that's it. And I wonder whether it, that's it because it's gone. You know, I wonder yeah. that sometimes, is, is it, is that piece of work so important because it's sold and now it's not in my ownership anymore? Yeah. You know? well, well, because your work is so, it's got such a strong emotional connection to you. Do you ever wonder why the buyer purchased it? Well, the person I know is another artist and, and I do know her and she wrote to me saying that she went home and couldn't stop thinking about it. But I don't yes. actually know. I don't actually know and I didn't I didn't want to pry, but lots of people made a reference to it a bit like a Holocaust thing because yeah. of the truck and this child going off and and I wasn't conscious of that at the time. I knew it was I knew I knew it had a lot of emotion in it yeah. for me. 
um, but other people's interpretation, that's what really interests me. And I've never, I probably would see her again and be able to ask her. She did say, if I'd like to go to her house and see it on her wall, it's really sweet. Yeah. I'd go, which, which would be nice to do one day. But um, yeah, so. I mean, that, that definitely does emit from your work because as I said, when I saw it, I felt that as well, you did know? You? Yeah, um, yeah. And I went for a talk one time in your studios. I don't know if you remember, I'm pretty right. sure I told you about this. Someone was giving a talk in your studios. All the studios were closed or um, there was no artists in the studios. And we was down the other end in Deptford. Um, we sort of went through a little, like a little rabbit, rabbit warren of um, studios. And as I've turned right, on the left was your studio because I saw your 10 by 10. Okay, and, okay, and yeah. I, because I wasn't expecting it and I didn't know, I, I just turned the corner, saw it, and I was like, oh, great, it's Kate Murdoch. <laughs> yeah. I was properly chuffed. And another, oh, little, another little funny coincidence is that I sort of found you about the same time as I got onto Twitter. Right. And I also found your husband, Pete, on Twitter. Yes, yes, yes. And I was following him, and he, he does great posts and you know they're, they're great fun and he does a lot of stuff or he was doing a lot of stuff at the time where he would interact with with yeah. other people yeah yeah and I often done that oh, and, did he, you? Wow. and he mentioned about art one time and this was probably about a year down the line of me connecting with you yeah, how funny. and I yeah. said to him oh he he said oh my wife's an artist and I went um Oh, is she? What's her name? I'll have a look online. Oh, how funny. Said, you know her. It's Kate Murdoch. And I was like, oh, great. That's right, was, I told, definitely told me about your, your shirt and your, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, so funny. chuffed. And then every time yeah. I see his name pop up on the telly as one of the writers, it, you know, it takes me back to <laughs> that moment. Yeah, it was funny. What do you do to relax, Kate? Um, I read a lot. Um, I just, I had, a, I fell over about, six weeks ago and I, <laughs> I've um, I've got a whole series of um, physio exercises which are quite time consuming so I've, I always go I've been going to Pilates for years once a week but because the studio is very small and cramped I haven't wanted to risk being in there so I've been doing Pilates at home I walk a lot and I love gardening even shedding it now yeah yeah, yeah. I, I don't listen to music as much as I'd like to I find it quite hard to focus on music and stuff but I, I love my telly I love my family and all those sort of you know American yeah, yeah. Sky programs I'm watching I've been watching a lot of telly over over um I leave it to the evening I'm not as decadent to watch it in the day but yeah yeah one of the questions I've got here, Kate, is if there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? Oh, okay. Well, Louise Bourgeois has to be right up there. Nice. Um, Susan Hiller. Oh, yeah. Funny, I saw Joseph Cornell's work in, I think, the Royal College somewhere three or four years ago, and I was quite disappointed because he'd been right up there with the, who I thought was one of my favourite artists. Um, and it, it, it was too... It just felt too tame for me now. But he was he his work was what inspired me in 1980, and that's I was in New York at the time, and and I actually um, I was living in I was living in upstate New York, and I went to New York and I saw his work in this box and was completely blown away with it. And the other one is just somebody who I saw her work in in sounds very very 
you know, ooh, did you? But I happened to be in Paris and it happened to be on was um, Annette Metager. So that, that my five? Have I got my five there? But, I mean, Joseph Cornell, mm, yeah, you know. I mean, there are others. I can't really, I can't really. And, and in real life, present day, I don't know. It's hard. I, I don't know. It's sort of... Well, it's, I mean, it's a hard question anyway to narrow yeah. down five, but yeah. it's going to change. If I ask you again tomorrow, yeah. it could be five different people yeah. completely, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, one of the people, and um, I don't really, I'm not that aware of her work, but I'm aware of her writing is somebody called Anne Truitt. And I'm reading, I'm rereading a book called Daybook, and it's about her whole sort of, her life as a... As a as a mother, as a wife, as an artist, as, and then she gets divorced and she's got three children. And, you know, so it, it, it's a very real, very honest account of what it's like to be an artist. It's not just about, oh, I'm an artist in sort of Swanee Office studio having loads of money, which, I mean, there are a lot of those around. Um, but, you know, it's about the reality. It's very good. I thoroughly recommend it. Um, so I'm reading it for the second time and actually enjoying it more this time round than nice. before, probably because I'm, I'm I'm more into reading. I think before, even though I said I coped with the first lockdown better, I think it's all a bit surface and a bit, sort of, yeah, okay, so we have to do this. It's all very controlled, whereas I think I've just let myself go, okay, you know, and, and now I'm a bit more in tune with going with the flow a bit more. Yeah. Well, I think that's what it was, because at the start of the lockdown, you had a sort of a little bit of warning. You readjusted your mind. It was just a new way of life. Yeah, well, and now, yeah. By the time we get to where we are nine months later, you've sort of had enough of it. You've, you've yeah. all of that trying you've done. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very, it is very difficult. <laughs> hey, if you wasn't an artist, what would you like to be? A dancer. Nice. Yeah, even it's, you know, be a bit hard now with these old bones. But that's what I always wanted to be. Um, and my dance teacher thought I should be and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, I mean, it's the old thing of, you know, I think my parents wouldn't have prevented me, but, you know, to go to university there was expensive and, you know. Yeah. Sort of and what type of dance was it? Contemporary dance, I think. I don't, you know, ballet is always, I, I don't... I don't go to the ballet, it's far too expensive, but I do get treated occasionally with birthdays and Christmases and things. But um, I prefer contemporary dance and I love the Scottish country dancing as a child. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, doing it or now. watching it or both? Pardon? Doing it, watching it or both? Doing it. Nice. Yeah, yeah doing it, yeah. Yeah, as a child, I loved it, yeah. Sword dance and, you know, yeah. And are we, I don't know if you, I don't, I can't never quite place you with your age, but I don't, when I was at school, um, we had the um, movement of mime on the radio. Do you remember no, that? No. Uh, you know, it was hilarious. It was very sort of, you know, and reach for the sky. And, you know, <laughs> sort of, so we'd all, you know, but I, I loved it. I loved it, yeah. you know. Um, it was just, I could completely lost myself in that programme. It was about half an hour long. BBC used to have these very sort of, you know, like very controlled, scripted sort of yeah. programmes on the radio for children. And and this was very, you know, now you should reach down to the ground and reach for the sky and, you know, reach for those clouds. And I, yeah. it was, yeah, I, I really did. Yeah. And, and yeah, watching dancers, I, I love, you know. I don't go very much, but yeah. 
Oh, that's a, as good an answer as um, I'm going to get. Is it, I've had a few who have said um, dancing to I'll be a dancer. Yeah. Um, anything coming up, Kate? I know it's a bit of a precarious time for um, for everyone. Well, there's something that's cancelled last year, a show with Graham Crowley. He's got his gallery now in Suffolk. Nice. Um, and he invited me to be in a show, which should have been in August. That didn't happen. So it's called Silent Disco, which is interesting. Yeah. You know, and there's some really good painters in it. And oh, I, was, I was going to ask whether he's got you there to dance or to submit an artwork. Well, that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> I mean, silent, silent disco for me is an interesting one because when I take my hearing aid out, when I get tinnitus, I've got a lot of silent discos going on in my head. Yeah. So, so when that show came up with the title, it was like, wow, because I was experiencing all this tinnitus. Yeah. Um, so it is like a bit of a disco in your head going on which you really don't want you know um and I did for me that immediately brought up images of, of handbags and you know of course yeah and the handbags in the 70s and I've got a piece of the work for that in mind but um apart from that no nothing nothing's on the horizon but um I did the show and um, brought in David to buy to me to do um a piece on the platform at Collier Bristow and within a two weeks of it opening it was closed down yeah I saw that she was quite upset about that wasn't she yeah, I yeah. saw that little post she put up that was um, yeah, emotional wasn't yeah, it yeah, yeah that was lovely yeah. I would say that's probably the most ambitious piece of work I've done yeah. and it came you know at the right time turned I was feeling better but it was still quite challenging physically to get that work done yeah um which unless you've been ill and had long-term sort of like effects of it you don't really understand but like wow that was like I managed it in a day and it was like I was exhausted for quite a long time afterwards yeah. um, and then it closed you know um <laughs> so I was thinking for me if I can get through that by maybe taking every little item from it and and photographing it and talking you know writing a bit about it yeah. that might help me come to terms with the fact that it was never really shown yeah it, yeah it's the work that and um, you know, Roger did a great job of cataloguing it, getting it out there and sort of getting a film and stuff. But every little thing in that show, if I could just somehow go over it again for myself, yeah. I'd think about that last night and I wrote a few notes about it, might call it every little thing, um, and just talk about what each object, why it was there, what it meant. Yeah. And, you know, anybody else's interest they can read about it but for me personally it would be quite an achievement because it left me hugely disappointed because yeah. you know it's like ah, oh, and I you know I got paid to do it it was lovely it's a really nice opportunity and then and a lot of people contacted me and said oh Kate it'd be really nice to meet you can I meet you and then you can talk me through your work and then we can go for a coffee and I was like yeah, I'm gonna now I'm better I'm gonna be more yeah. social I'm, excellent and all those plans are just like you know you know and it, it felt very much like, yeah, this is my time now to be sociable and start yeah. meeting because I'm not very, um, inter well, I go to private view, I can't hear anything. Yeah. Hearing aid just amplifies a load of noise. And, you know, even the pub afterwards, it's like, what, 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 you know. I can't just stay up. <laughs> well, where can people see your work online, be it website or social media? Where can they see it? Yeah. I would say... Instagram, I'm trying to really get onto Instagram more. 
Um, I think my blog is the place that I write more about my work and say more about my work. And actually, it's more up to date than anything else on my website. And that's all things I'm going to try and address through the lockdown. Um, I haven't updated my website for quite a while, and that's that's a bit embarrassing, but I suppose there's not a lot to update it with. (laughs) What can you do? What can you do? You know, but I've been writing a blog on AN for about nine years. Yeah. And I think I've tried to stop it, but I've realised it is, that's where I put everything. Yeah, you've had a good relationship with him, haven't you? Yeah, it's changing. It's changing because, you know, it's sort of, they don't sort of advertise the blog in the way they used to. They don't, I, don't know, I don't know whether they're, maybe they're more short staff, but, yeah. you know, I liked, when, I liked when the artists talking, artists really talk to each other, but then... Yeah. They changed, they moved to another site and we lost a lot of those connections, I think. Well, well, social media has come out in between those times you're talking about and it's so much easier for people to speak now. You know, you can speak with artists sort of anywhere nowadays, you know, so easily. And I used to love Artist Newsletter. It was, it felt just a, a little bit more special, you know. Yes, no, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't read it for, for quite some time, unfortunately. Right. Well, Kate, that's all my questions asked. That's lovely. Yeah, no, that's really, they're really good questions, actually. They're easy and not for this, feels more com- conversational, do you know what I mean? But yeah. I'm so, so pleased to have finally got to, no, to chat I, with you, I, albeit I, not in person. You've, um, yeah, your work has meant quite a lot to me ever since yeah, I met well, it, really. I've you, loved yeah. it. I've loved it so yeah, much. Really nice. Thanks, Kate. Kate thank you very much thanks. for your time. There you go, Kate Murdoch, one of my favourite people in the art world. I was so looking forward to sitting down with Kate and finding out more about her work. And I'm sure you could hear that little bit of excitement in my voice. Once this podcast is finished, go over to Kate's website or her social media page and you could see what all the fuss was about. Who says nostalgia ain't what it used to be, eh? And while you're there, give her a few likes and say hello. So that's it for this week's episode. I've got a few cracking episodes recorded, but I've not sorted out yet in what order they're going to be released. And I've got some absolute beauties lined up to be recorded. But that's for another week. Like I say every week, on whichever platform you listen to this podcast, you should be able to leave a comment. If you could do that, that really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast. If you've got any queries, drop us a line on social media at ministryofarts.org. If you're enjoying these episodes, spread the word of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're not, well, fuck you. You won't be listening to this bit anyway. And those of you that are, thanks for listening. And until next week, ta-da. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.